Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and we're so happy to have you with us here today so we can cover the stuff that should be important to Americans with no political spin, no, no, uh, we're just, Straight up constitution and facts here. You know, JC, I was in the pizza place picking up pizzas for the boys today. Okay. And the pizza place had a big TV with Fox News talking about the Democratic Circus and, you know, their debates and all that stuff. And there was a man in there waiting for his wings. And he said to me, as we were both watching it, I, th- I think he sort of, I don't know if he felt my vibe or something. And I, or I don't know if my inside voice became some outside expression on my face or my body language or something. And he said to me, I'm a proud black American man. He said, I am 65 years old. Mm-hmm. He says, but I have no idea what the H-E double hockey sticks is wrong with America today. <laughs> <laughs> I about fell out, JC. About totally, totally fell out. And so we started talking about this, and he's like, I, I don't I don't know what's wrong with this generation of people. They wander around thinking everybody owes them something. He says, You want to sit at home and get a paycheck? He says, I sit at home and get a paycheck. I get three thousand dollars a month. You know what that's called? It's called retirement. <laughs> He said, I earned my wage. I paid my dues to sit at home. I don't owe you a seat at home with a paycheck just because you think so. And oh my goodness, he had me rolling. He had me rolling. He says, he says, I can't really even complain about this generation. He says, I am a 64, five year old man. He says, I have, I have men that I know that are my age that are living at home with mama and daddy. And he said, <laughs> He said to me, I see them and I turn the corner early so I don't have to talk to them. He says, that ought not be so. He says, because every time I see them, these grown men come up to me and say, hey, man, you got five bucks? He says, yeah, I got five bucks. It's my five bucks. Why don't you go out and earn yourself your five bucks? And I was, oh, my goodness. He was laughing. He's like, all these Democrats, all these Republicans, all they want to do is make people hate each other so that they can collect all our money and rule over us like a bunch of kings and queens. JC, I'm not saying a word, okay? That's what you call I'm just 
That's what you call woke, ladies and gentlemen. I was just laughing. We're watching Fox. You know, he's like, these people, they make you believe this media makes you believe that they got the truth and they're all about this. And they're all this. I, I, it's like burned in my brain because I'm totally mesmerized by this guy. Mm -hmm. Right. They're all about this. They're all about truth. They're all about that. They ain't about nothing but drama and lying in their pockets and keeping their political buddies in power. My friends, the gate on the plantation <laughs> is open and it is not being shut again. Oh my so. goodness. He says, he says, I can't stand all this stuff anymore. I'm about sick to death of it. I don't even want to hear from these people. He says the politicians that get their stuff in the mail and I see them on the TV and I click them. They come up and they, they knock on my door and they say, Hey, my name is, he says, I don't give a girl and shuts the door. And he says, I'm tired of this. He says, we need to go back to being people. He says, we need to go back to being people because I live in this, he says, I live in this community in Tampa and my neighbors are white. My neighbors are black. My neighbors are Hispanic and we all love each other. We all get along with each other. If I need something to help me, if we, if, if, if they need something, I help them. He said, this stuff that these people are trying to sow in our young people's minds. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm serious, Jason. I'm like, ah, he says, this stuff that well, these, this media and these wicked wickedness of politicians trying to sow in our young people's mind are going to tear us down. And he says, I can't take it anymore. I just can't. Can't take it anymore. I was like, Whoa! This, is the, this is the thing: the distrust <laughs> and the distaste oh. for what is going on gives people who love America a prime opportunity to reach folks with truth. Because yeah. people don't—they don't believe politicians. They're tired of them. They don't believe the media. They're tired of it. And it's like I said again. I'll—I'll I'll say this. Once more, when we look at the statistics, the report mm -hmm. about the statistics, people still get their information face to face as a right. primary source. So on Fox News, the 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 pretty blonde host which is just about any of them on Fox News today right they all have blonde oh, hair no, I can't say well, something well like no that. they well of course you can't but I can <laughs> they used to tease me and say Chrisanne you can't be on Fox your hair's not blonde and so anyway this the the blonde host I don't remember her name because she wasn't born before 1812 so Are you I don't care just because she's blonde that she has no credibility? No, I'm just saying just because she's blonde, they hired her. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, she could have credibility, but that was uh, that has to be on so the it's application. It's not a slight at blonde people. No, it's not a slight at blonde okay. people. I'm, this is just like a media qualification I'm these days. Checking. It used to be you had to, to be a, a an airline stewardess. You had to be tall, right? Okay. And, you know, a certain size, and pilots have to be a certain size. Well, Midwest according accent. to Yeah, Midwest accent, you know? When was the last time you heard somebody with an Alabama accent on primetime news, giving the news, not even in Alabama, JC, <laughs> not even in you? Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> How big of a boy How are big you? Boy are you? So anyway, this Fox News host says they're talking about refugees and the Democrat line of refugees and all this stuff. And she says, well, I just don't understand why we have to take these refugees. Why don't we take time and money and go help them fix their place? This dude's head exploded right in front of me. The guy in the pizza shop. The guy in the pizza mm -hmm. shop. The proud black 65-year-old man. His head exploded. 
What in the heck is she talking about? Has she not ever toured the inner cities of America? What do we got business do we got going over to some other country fixing them up where we can't even clean up our own backyard? He says to me, and by the way, if they're refugees and they don't want to fix their own country, they just want to come in here and mess ours up, why do we got to go fix it for them? My thought is, he says, if they really love their country, they'll fix it up and fight for it themselves. It ain't working, Democrat. It ain't working. It ain't working. I came out of there. They're not buying it. On a high, buddy. They're not buying it. I said to him, you know, I said 250 years ago, we didn't like the way our country was running. We didn't go run off and be refugees. We actually fought for our country. He said, amen. Amen. He said, but you know what's wrong with America today? Ain't nobody care about history no more. (laughs) Yeah. It ain't working, AOC. Take take another run at it. So this They're not buying just, it. Oh, man. I hope that encourages y'all the way it encouraged me today because I was like, whoop, whoop. But it's what we see all over the country. All That's, over the country. You know, we, we always try to take the time to encourage folks. You yeah. know, I mean, clearly, you run into stuff week to week, you know, different days. We mm-hmm. have our days of discouragement just because of those moments when yeah. you run into idiots and you're like, ah. My most discouraging but, uh, moments but overall, come we see from this. the Republican conservatives sure. well, of course. Who, 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 who think going to a meeting on the Constitution is a social event, and that's all it yeah. is. Well, because you know what to expect from the left. So you expect more yes. of, of, of you know, the non-leftists. But, <laughs> you know, just as a word of encouragement, we, what you're describing, we see all over the country. Man, and I was so, so excited when I came out there. I almost told you when I came in the car, but I was like, no, 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 no. I got to wait. I got to wait until we do the show yeah. so everybody so that, that he can hear mean, that with me. <laughs> that doesn't mean, you know, we coast to the finish line and there's not still a bunch, you know, an army of idiots out there. Cause right. There are. Right. Um, you know, and Florida in particular is is a, is razor thin and it's been razor thin for quite a long time. I think Rick Scott won uh, both of his elections by one percent. Um, you know, we, well, we, we came we came, you know, within a hair's breadth of electing right. a total Marxist uh, this time this, around this last time with Andrew Gillum. When and, we actually had a decent candidate running for governor. Yeah. So this I is. I mean, Ron DeSantis is not walking on water, mind you, but he is 100 times better than Rick Scott. Yeah. He should have brought people out of the stinking woodwork. I, I, yeah. I didn't get that. I just don't get that. Yeah. So you do have that segment that 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 swallow that stuff and are riled up, you know, the anti-Trump mm-hmm. and uh, race baiting uh, victims. So, you know. So Florida in particular, and this 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 is in where we're talking about this this uh, incident. You're talking about meeting this man. We're in uh, the what do they, what do they call this here? The the um, I have uh, no idea. The I four corridor. I four corridor. So right. The I four right. corridor, which is um, Daytona, Orlando, Tampa. You know that stretch right. straight mm-hmm. across. And I know I'm talking about Florida. Mm-hmm. Like why is this? Why is what does this matter to me? Not everybody listening to your show is is from Florida. And this is the thing that I run into. Still, we run into all over the place. Elections are not decided by popular vote. No. Elections are decided by the Electoral College. That means the 2020 election is a state-by-state battle. It has nothing to do with winning America. Mm -hmm. It's winning state fill-in-the-blank. And Florida is one of those critical, uh, critical states, very, very right. critical state, the, the swing state. You know, so you look at you look at Trump, even though uh, 
this is the thing, even though he had a what you might look at as an electoral landslide, the wins for each of those states that mm -hmm. then gave all those electoral votes were very thin margins mm -hmm. that he won those states. So Florida is one of those. Mm -hmm. And so this is a critical area, and this is the kind of stuff we see here in right. the I-4 corridor uh, that... I, I, it seems to me the Democrat nonsense doesn't have as much traction as people think it does. And we, we still we see these communities in particular, black community and others waking up, the millennials, the people of faith. And this is it's shifting. The, the, the paradigm is shifting. I don't know how it's going to fall out, but this ain't your father's Oldsmobile anymore. And it may not be working in Tampa and it's not working in a lot of other places. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. Remember, we have just a few weeks left before the In Defense of Liberty workshop gun control in the right way, like hitting the target, right? Hitting your target, not just, uh, as Larry said, it doesn't matter where you hit them, nobody likes having a hole in them. And so we're gonna be t learning how to defend ourselves. Uh, and, and I loved how Larry talked about it in our, in our interview with Larry. We're talking about Larry Stevenson, the bearded black cowboy. He's the instructor at De in defense of Liberty. And he, he said, if you're in a battle for your gun and you can't hold on to your gun, then your gun means nothing to you. And so that's part of the training that we have. Larry's another woke man. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a Christian man too. I wonder if that goes, does that go hand in hand, JC? I, I don't know. I don't want to jump out on that. Word, but gun like that grates on my ear when you say gun. It's like oh, yeah. that phrase was beat out of us. Oh, just gun control? Gun. No, just, oh, saying, just gun. Just saying gun. Oh, in the military? Yeah. This is my weapon. This is my gun. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I don't usually use that term. I'm civilianized so, so I guess, far. So. I guess. But I just notice it still has <laughs> that kind of... Every once in a while it does that for me too. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is my weapon. This is my gun. Everybody out there who's been in the military knows how that phrase ends, so we won't go ahead and finish that. We're in Jesus' pod, so... We're in Jesus' pod. We're not going to talk about that. I want to talk today about this. This is our one of our teaching moments today. California is wanting to... I, I, don't, I don't remember if, if the governor signed it into law or he's about to sign it into law to bar Trump from appearing on California's ballot if he does not disclose tax returns. And a lot of people, JC, are asking me on uh, social media, is that constitutional? Can they do that? Well, this is a really, it's a very, very good question. And so when you're asking if con something is constitutional, you have to go where? To the constitution. Well, let me just, just start off by letting the cat out of the bag. Disclosing tax returns is not one of the qualifications for office of president. Right. 
The qualification for office of president is Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. It's very, very simple. I, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, I have the, the text up there, but underneath the text, I have the three criteria. There are three criteria on eligibility to be a president. You have to be, number one, a natural-born citizen. You have to, and unless you were, you know, alive during the revolution, then there's a different criteria, but we don't have anybody like that except maybe Bernie Sanders. I'm not sure if he's that old yet or not. So you have to be a natural-born citizen. You have to be at least 35 years old, and you have to be at least 14 years a resident within the United States. Okay, so if you're a natural born citizen and you've been living in France or Canada or whatever for the last uh, five years, you can't run for president until you've actually been a resident here in the United States for 14 consecutive years. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing about tax returns, JC, nothing at all. So where would the power of the a state be where would it exist to change this criteria article 5 is how you amend the constitution yeah, yes, that's you would. the only way you could change you would, it right right that's exactly right you would need a constitutional amendment you would need a constitutional amendment because Why? because just just legislation can't change the constitution right just legislation can't change the constitution and look state law can't change the Constitution. I want to show you this because I think this is something that's very important because we talk a lot about nullification on this show. Mm -hmm. We talk a lot about the state's authority to do things when the federal government is doing them wrong or not doing them at all, okay? So in this, we have to go to Article 6, Clause 2, which says this Constitution is the supreme law of the land and the judges of every state are bound thereby mm -hmm. okay so since article one or article two section one clause five is in the constitution by article six clause two it is the supreme law of the land and the judges of every state are bound thereby therefore there can't be any other law that contradicts there can't that. be any other law that adds to that or, or takes away. away from it now look at this the tenth amendment the powers not delegated to the united states by the constitution are reserved to the states well that means the powers that are delegated to the federal government are not reserved to the states. So when we get back, I'm going to wrap this up for you. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction we cry around. You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We're talking about California, and I think New York's trying to jump on board with this too, this whole tax return debacle. And the fact that Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 does not include a requirement for the president to, be, uh, to, to disclose his tax returns. Now, because it is not in the Constitution, Article 6, Clause 2 says that Article 2, 
clause uh, section one clause five is the sum in total of the qualifications for the president you can't add to it you can't take away from it unless you amend the constitution unless you amend the unless, constitution unless the states unless right unless three quarters, three of, quarters the states. of the states not california not california plus new york this is not a population thing this is not a a majority vote thing this is a three quarters of the legislators of the states have to come together and agree on the precise language of the amendment of a constitution now the 10th amendment says the powers not delegated are reserved to the states so we know that since article 2 clause um, I'm sorry article 2 clause section 1 clause 5 is in the Constitution this is not a power that is reserved to the states so the states cannot create their own separate laws can you imagine JC by the way, this, this is the same reasoning for for the sanctuary cities. Yes. Everything you just said applies also to sanctuary yes. cities for foreign nationals. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Can't, can't do it. You you can't. Can you imagine? And 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 again, um, Jace, remember JC left a little early on our sanctuary cities, and I got into the whole discussion about why, because the why is important. The reason for the uniform rule of naturalization is so you don't have 50 different standards. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if California and New York are allowed to do this? Okay, you now have precedent for 50 different standards for a single federal office. Right. That is chaos. You can't possibly elect somebody to a central office like that with 50 different standards. So as people say, what's well, the solution? Well, the solution always exists first with the people. The people of California must step up and interpose when their government is trying to act contrary to the Constitution. The people of California. Now, I know people... Their, their government is rogue yes. to, to the extreme. Yes. That's what I was thinking. And I and I understand where they're coming from. You know, what do we do? What's the solution? And and I was because I was thinking, you know, I kind of like when states like California and New York do things like this. Mm -hmm. Because these states need to be dealt with. Right. And apparently the motivation and desperation is not high enough at this point right. to get, you know, the right number of people or whatever they need to do something about it. Because here's the thing, and they're like, what solution is solution? So a lot of people are doing a lot of things. This is what we notice in a lot of the states. There, there is still this sort of territorial, you know, intercollegiate competition mm -hmm. between groups and I mean people conservatives everybody with the same point of view but they got their thing and they can't work together so it almost it almost communicates to me like well clearly it's not bad enough yet because right. if you can still be so petty and not coalesce you know and, and this is the thing I think well, it, do it, people looking at how it, it okay you take this how you want to take it but from my point of view how extreme the problem is will speak to how extreme the response should be. Right. And I, like I said, I think California and New York, these governments, are rogue states to the extreme. 
So here's the thing, JC. You remember, I, you know I have a class called uh, America Disarmed, right? Yeah. And it's all about one rogue state. Actually, it's about one rogue governor. Mm -hmm. So one governor goes to disarm one town in one colony, and what happens? Every colony comes together. Every person amongst the 13 colonies yeah. come together and they coalesce on the government of this state because they realize if one governor can do this, then they all can do that. And James Madison actually has a quote where he talks about the states coming together to join. And he says, uh, what could possibly drive the federal government to the condition of madness where it would start taking over territories in the states. He said this would not incite just one state. He said this would incite every state to stand up in unison against them. And so when I say that the people of the California must interpose, they must interpose on their own government. Now people roll their eyes, oh yeah, California's lost. You and I know California is sandwiched. Sacramento is sandwiched with conservative, highly people. We need these people to take a week's vacation and go sit in Sacramento for a week and, yeah, and get I, in these people's faces. That's, that's the thing, and I'm not, in what I was saying, I'm not, call, I'm not talking about violence oh, or no, whatever. No, 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 but, no, no. But here's, here's the thing, in connection with what you said about the other states, the other states will follow the injured state okay mm -hmm. so until until there is such a commotion you know they're going to sit on the sidelines they may make their commentary but other states are not going to move until the people of that state move so i i, I thought the same thing and it's always a challenge because usually antifa out there the domestic terrorists known as antifa out there you know assaulting people d destroying property and you know they're going crazy and the conservatives for lack of a better term uh have a a different ethic, right? They're a different morality mm -hmm. that we're not going to do what they do. But there's got to come a point somewhere along the lines. And also conservatives have jobs. There's got to come a point somewhere where the people look and say, this is so extreme. Like if they pass a law like this, I mean, you know, you're done. You have no representation. You disenfranchise the vote. Well, so, so at that point, man, you got to descend collectively on, like you say, on the Capitol, it's got to be such a ruckus that then the other states join in and go, right? right. Okay, we're not gonna well, let you do that. we we stand with yeah. the people of California, and then they have to come. But there's got to be a fire, right? A that fire draws within that, that with, draws yes, them in. a fire well, within the state. Well, let me explain that there is a local solution to this because every county yeah. has a supervisor of elections. Sure. And so, locally speaking. Every supervisor, let me just remind you, every supervisor of election has raised their hand and said, I do solemnly swear I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. Well, I've shown you the Constitution of the United States. Uh, the Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. Article 6, Clause 2, the Tenth Amendment. So what our our supervisors of election in California must do is refuse this law yeah. and put him on the ballot based on the qualifications demanded by the Constitution. And that's how you, that is a solution on the local level. And they need to stand up ahead of time, I yes, think. They need yes. to stand as this thing, as, you know, their, uh, I don't know if it's a bill already or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and for these supervisors of elections to stand up. And the same thing the sheriffs are doing and saying, I don't care what, what you guys do. This is not constitutional. We're not following that. And go ahead and put them on notice and then follow through mm -hmm. when they do that. And this is what's happening so in those states. So instead of coalescing on the Capitol, you can coalesce on your county office. Yes. And then, and and, then that and, spreads and, right, exactly. to other uh, supervisors of elections, whatever they call them in California. Uh, and yeah, and I, I think that's how that thing gets done. When you descend on those those sort of trigger points, you know, those nerves where you squeeze, that's yes. where you squeeze supervisor of elections. And you say, you know, and somebody makes up some rights, a, a, a resolution. Right. And take it to your mm -hmm. supervisor of elections and say, this is what, you know, you show up with a thousand people and you you better say, we put you here. You believe what we believe. Right. We, we agree. You need to. You need to you know, a, point this out. From a national perspective, because remember, the Constitution is a contract between the states, and each state, being a party to the contract, has an obligation to meet the terms of the contract. Yeah. So from a national perspective, this is how Congress ought to work. Remember, states elect presidents, not popular votes. Mm -hmm. And so what Congress needs to do, because remember, Congress is... A delegated the authority to count the electorals, right? So what Congress has to do is say, okay, look, this electoral college of this state was uh, refused this candidate unconstitutionally. So we're going to disregard the electoral vote of this state. And that's what the people of California really need to get into their brains. I tell you, this law constitutionally speaking, justifies the disenfranchisement of the entire state from the from the presidential election if the super if the majority of the supervisors of elections, if the electorals do not have that candidate to choose from. Here some other folks I think should get in on the game should be this, this so the state level um, representatives. So the governor, uh, Senate presidents, Mm -hmm. House majority leaders in the states mm -hmm. should coalesce and make this declaration. Here, here's the thing: the states, supervisor of elections, local you're not local about offices. California governors, no, no, you're I'm about talking about other, other states. Because here's the thing: yeah, because Jefferson and Madison wrote the Virginia resolution and the Kentucky right. resolutions condemning things that other states were doing. Because so, here's the or thing: or agreeing rather as well. The the local offices, like the sheriff, supervisor of elections. Uh, and the state level representatives, governor, uh, your legislators, senators, they need to get this concept that they are parties, they're representatives of the parties to the contract. Right. They have a contract. It's just like if we had a business and we had a contract and somebody was going crazy, we're not just going to sit around while another partner is acting unethically, is violating con and sit on our hands and do nothing. No, you, you got to speak out. Right. So they have to gain that recognition. It's not California over there and that's something else. Right. No, they're part of your contract, your group. Mm -hmm. So the governors, like they have their little governor's... Board of governors. Concave, oh, yeah. well, whatever they have. National that, governor's yeah, meeting that thing. thing. Yeah. So some governors, like there ought to be, you know, 35 signatures on a sheet condemning knucklehead in California and saying, right. you know, this is the Constitution. We represent this agreement being representatives of the states. And, you know, it's like a public, what do they call that? Public censure. Yeah. And they, they need to stand up. So the parties 
to the contract, the Constitution, need to defend their contract. Yeah, that, and, and because we failed to teach the contractual nature of the Constitution for so long, and the duty and, and the obligation of the states has simply been sadly lost. I'm a long, long way from my home, and I'm going to change all the things I find. The Chris Ed Hall Show. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, Got Liberty. Don't forget to go to chrisannhall.com, click on the shop, and get your Liberty First gear. Our Got Liberty t-shirt is populating America. We need to make a Liberty wave with our Got Liberty t-shirt. Hey, I, there's one last story. Oh, you want to say something real well, quick? Well, I... I I would, there's one last story I want to get I to. I would like, it would be nice if you wrote an, a short article on this. I think this is the message that, that people need to be empowered to communicate mm -hmm. to their state representatives. Hey, my senator, my representative, you need to be helping California. This affects mm -hmm. all of us yeah. and they're screwing up the Constitution. Not helping them keep an eligible candidate off the ballot, but helping the people have... Right. Representation. Yeah. Well, how about if I trans, if I if I voice it, will you write it? Because the typing, I tried to cut my finger off the other day. I can't type. So yeah, you're right. I think that's something that we need to do. We'll I will figure out how to well, get that done. Well, because you know we talk to a lot of legislators and state mm -hmm. level, you know, people and that sort of thing. And you, yeah, we're for state sovereignty. But then how do you how do you do that? How do you right. put that in the action? And and I think that like I said, that concept of we're all part of the contract and they have to defend wherever right. it's being violated. It's not just that state right. and that's going on over there. No, right. we're, we're connected. Right, right. So um, Trump's pick for managing the Bureau of Land Management, Washington Post says, doesn't believe the government should have any land. <laughs> Woohoo! Isn't that's, that awesome? No, that's a good yeah, perspective to start out with. That is a great perspective to start <laughs> off. His name is William Perry Pendley. And he is now the acting director of the Bureau Land Management. He's the former president of the Mountain States Legal Foundation and was a senior official in Ronald Reagan's administration. And here's the crazy thing. It says here in the Washington Post, the appointment comes at a critical time for the Bureau of Land Management, which manages more than a tenth of the nation's land and oversees federal government's oil, gas, and coal leasing program. Article huh? section clause, JC. Huh? Article section clause. I cannot find the federal government's authority to own and lease oil, gas, hold on. and coal. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, I don't want to, I know we do this show, and I mean, this is our thing, and this is what we're supposed to do. I don't want to make myself look stupid. But are you, are you, is this for real? Yeah. So the government owns oil and gas and coal lands mm -hmm. and, and leases lease. them so Americans so they're, can so they're pay. Getting paid but, yeah, the federal government so is that getting people paid. Can, so it's probably, this stuff is on, so they own the land where this stuff is, and somebody's got to pay the government to come in and get it, to right. extract it. Right. Man, that's crazy. Are you well, kidding me? Two weeks ago. Wow. So we, so our government, our government, and in, in Marco Rubio, I hope you listen. Somebody gives you this segment. So our government and its representatives stand up and mock places like Venezuela right. and Cuba and, and talk about how they nationalize all these things. 
Come there on, you have man. It. There you what have it. What a bunch of stinking hy hypocrites. Right. So we're we're just Venezuela. We're like Venezuela light. Venezuela light because the federal government actually owns. Uh, so they don't they don't own illegally. they don't own the companies right so yeah we'll let you have a private company to come and get it but you got to pay us you to come get it you got to pay us a lease it's like the farmers it's modified fascism right it's modified fascism well the farmers have to pay the federal How government slick fees are these to let their cattle graze on the land they have to pay fees to get water from the land can you imagine if if american people if this came out that American people knew that the federal government owns land and American people have to pay the federal government to get water off of their land, how is that not Venezuela? How is that not some dictatorship country? Because they cover it with, with, it's almost like a shell game. They cover it by, oh no, it's a private company. They, they pretend no, they like it's a it private saying, company coming to get it. Public land. But here, here's the thing. The fact of the matter is all the people in those government positions that you know that own the land, then they own the companies too. Yeah. So it's a big shell game. This big this big satanic Illuminati well, cabal. The Trump that owns administration all this stuff. is fixing a, is looking to change oh that. So goodness. two weeks ago, interior officials announced that the Bureau of Land Management or the Interior Department would be reassigning eighty-four percent of the Bureau's DC staff out west. Wow. Sending them out west. Um, I already told you who Perry was. We're running out of time. So let me just show you this. Perry says the founding fathers intended all lands owned by the federal government to be sold. And Westerners know that only getting the title to much of that land in the West will bring real change. Come on, Mr. Perry. He's going to return the land titles back to their state. Hit him, brother. Well, I think that's an encouraging movement. Let's see if it happens. Just went on my prayer list, brother. <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.